At Combank Health, we understand that health professionals set up a practice to look after patients, not take care of practice admin. That's why our new Smart Health system lets you streamline your payments by handling rebates and reporting, giving you more time for your patients, yourself and the ones you love. Search Combank Smart Health to find out more. Applications subject to conditions, fees, charges and lending criteria. Commonwealth Bank of Australia, ABN 4812324 and Australian Credit Licence 234945. Hey, welcome to the Medicubes podcast, where we bring you all that's good, exciting and sometimes challenging in primary health care. I'm Chris Spee, joined by my good friends Kim Pointer and Rivka Hagen. Together we bring a wealth of experience and passion, as well as being in the thick of what's going on in our industry. We used to have a laugh, debrief and chat about all the big issues and what was happening in our own professional worlds and invite you to join us in this conversation. So join us and our invited guests every month to bring you a lighthearted take on the latest, greatest and controversial issues and a few pearls of wisdom along the way. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we meet and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. A hearty welcome from Biripai country. And uh, Rivka Hagen here. I'm meeting you from Jajawurrung country. And a big hello from Turbul and Jagara country. Hey everybody, welcome back. And can you believe this is episode number seven? Wow, who would have thought we're, we're rocking and rolling through 2022 and episode number seven. We've been learning a lot about podcasting 101, wouldn't you say, team? Absolutely. It, you know, and, and the tech background and the wizardry that goes behind actually producing these episodes, my gosh, what a steep learning curve that's been for all of us. But I've got to say, I'm having a whole lot of fun with this. What about you, Kim? Oh, I think it's great fun. I think that, you know, we, we were already having all our good laughs anyway, and now you're capturing those moments. I mean, meeting some cool people along the way. Oh, it's been so exciting. I get to talk to people who I probably never would have had time to talk to me and we get to ask them some pretty awesome questions. But we thought episode seven, we should introduce you to the fourth team member, basically, who has been lurking, lurking behind the scenes. He turns off his camera, he turns <laughs> off his audio and just sits in silent judgment at the quality <laughs> of our podcast episodes. Um, it's the amazing Peter Birch joining us today. And Peter is the founder and CEO of Talking Health Tech a podcast that I'm sure many of our listeners listen to. Um, it's a podcast and membership community designed to learn and connect all of our technology in healthcare. Me being a healthcare tech nerd, one of my first go-to places was always talking health tech. Hey, in addition, the amazing Pete is a director of the Medical Software Industry Association, who are the voice of healthcare software vendors in Australia. And just because he's not busy enough producing our little podcast, plus his podcast and a million other podcasts, he's also a director of Meta-Optima Technology, who are helping clinicians diagnose skin cancer using artificial intelligence. And I think that's where I first met Pete when he was at Meta Optima, even oh, yeah. many, many years ago uh, when yeah. I was but a young and Hey, Pete, welcome <laughs> to uh, the podcast. You get to talk today. We've unmuted hey. you and turned your camera on. How good is that? Not a silent lurker today. I've not been introduced as a silent lurker in the shadows, but it's great to be <laughs> uh, front and center in a conversation now and, and always enjoy putting together these conversations that, the team has here on the Medicubes podcast. So really happy to be part of it. Thanks a lot. So Pete, uh, look, absolutely wonderful to have you along. I'm really curious to hear a little bit more about your background and what's actually brought you to the, the positions that you hold now in that tech space. Who's Pete, the person behind Talking Health Tech? Sure thing. So 
I've worked within healthcare for my whole career. So for 20 years, I started as I was working in a, in a contact center at International SOS, making outbound calls to GP clinics, chasing up medical reports for applicants of life insurance policies. So I was oh, that, that guy. Sounds absolutely riveting. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, how's the medical report going? And the reception is like, it's still being worked on. I'm like, do you want to check with the doctor? And like, no. I'm like, okay, I'll call back in two days. And I'm like, no, no, you won't. I'm like, okay, I will. So um, That was probably me on the phone uh, stalling you. Uh, Just going to say in my PM days, I was very good at that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And what I I learned at the very early stage about how busy a practice manager actually is and how it's like the the best use of a time, I needed to make calls. So we actually made them useful and and would would try and bulk them anyway. So I I worked for International SOS for nine years. I did a lot more than the, the life insurance side. I was running emergency assistance platforms, helping travelers whilst overseas, helping them come back home from, you know, situations, medical or security. Uh, I got, to, I got to work in Philadelphia and London for a while as well, and then come back here to Sydney as, as well. I then went to work at Travel Doctor TMVC, the uh, group of travel medicine clinics, which was first established back in 1988 which was, I was four years old when it was established. So they uh, provide travel medicine services in bricks and mortar clinics for uh, people before they go overseas. And that was originally started with more around the retail travelers. So, you know, those going on adventure holidays or as part of groups, but that grew and grew into being more around corporate services. And so a lot of pre-employment medicals were performed, periodicals, uh, post deployment, coming back and making sure everyone's safe and sound after traveling. And that was the duty of care of the employer, uh, having a contract with Travel Doctor TMVC. And we did, you know, stuff for the ADF, so the Australian Defense Force and uh, uh, DIAC back in the day, which was that, that's the Australian uh, uh, Department of Immigration. Sorry, DIAC is the name from like 10, 15 years ago. That, that aged me, didn't it? But uh, so that, that was really interesting working for Travel Doctor TMVC. That was actually owned by Medibank. So I was working as part of a, I got to run these clinics that were branded as Travel Doctor TMVC, but owned by a big, big insurance company. So bankrolled there. That was nice to be that my first experience of running clinics, practice managers reporting up through to me and also GPs working in those practices. Interestingly, when they were at Medibank, they were all employees of Medibank working within these practices, regardless of how many patients they saw or who they had, they'd receive their, their wage. Uh, then that organi- that group, Travel Doctor TMVC, was bought by Sonic, who obviously run all the IPN clinics and all the other clinics. They uh, then, so part of my role was to come across from Medibank to Sonic and make all those doctors redundant and put them onto independent contracts and make sure they all stay on and all the happy and uh, and also realign all the business and all the nurses that came across and to bring them from being Medibank uh, employees to contractors of Sonic all under Travel Doctor. And, you know, on one Friday, I left the office because I worked from the clinic on George Street. I came back on Monday, same clinic, but through with a different organization. That was really wild. We used a practice management system called manila folders and bits of paper and oh, so we- tech forward i love it you know uh, i'm gonna trademark manilafolder.com now yeah 
and and we we also had this little like like a to manage the admin information we we had a system that was built by like purpose built for us it was called whammy i forget what it was what it stood for but it was w a m e anyway so that was that was always fun dealing with whammy uh, whammy wobbles i think those that uh it was the thing that we dubbed it anyway i'm getting real i've never talked so much about the the early days this is what oh, you guys well, do to me bring out the authenticity I in you yeah. Yeah. so long lurking you're just taking your moment yeah, on yeah, stage yeah. mate this is this is my chance this is my chance um so so then i uh, after I finished my stint at Sonic, after bringing the business over, I went to Medi Records, a cloud-based practice management system. It was a great opportunity for me to uh, move from doing all the the healthcare stuff, which I really enjoyed, but I actually really wanted to get more involved in the technology side and was interested in the more entrepreneurial piece and startup. So it was a really nice fit. The role came up and I was general manager for operations and basically everything else within the business. One of the first hires, helping them find product market fit. So like building the product finding the first customers that would use Medi Records, which was competing with and still is competing with practice management systems like Best Practice and Medical Director Genie, all the, the server-based ones. And this is back in 2016. And 2016, a cloud-based practice management system, just as Medical Director also brought out Helix at the same time, Clinic to Cloud also came out about the same time. So that was a really interesting you know, time to educate the market in inverted commas clinics about um, cloud-based practice management systems. And there's still a lot of education and stuff to go on today about, about that whole topic. But we had uh, some good success there. Yes, in a few little clinics, but we won a big contract with Queensland Health and rolled out that platform, Medi Records, to um, 16 of the 17 HHSs all up in the, the hospital group to run a lot of the billings of the outpatient specialist clinics there. So that was something like, I think, 5,000 admin users and 3000 clinical or something, you know, crazy like that. So big project, which really helped that business, Medi Records, establish themselves as a bit like an enterprise player. And that's then given them the platform to do other cool things with the Defense Force now, which has been announced and other things, which I've not been a part of, but it's been great to, to watch. Um, because I got approached by a company called uh, Meta Optima out of Vancouver, and they make technology to help doctors diagnose skin cancer using artificial intelligence. And if you're making technology to diagnose skin cancer using artificial intelligence, you'd want to have a presence in Australia and New Zealand. So it was a really cool opportunity to be first person on the ground here in Australia, set up the PTY LTD, so be you know company director, find the first hires, get the first contracts, um, build up the business. And so now that business has eight or nine full-time employees here in Australia running it on a day-to-day I'm still company director for them, but not not active on a day to day, and it's great just seeing how that's grown from. So majority of the, like all of so all of the R and D and the operations and stuff is happening in Vancouver, and that's where head office is. But you know, when I was there, eighty something percent of all of the customers were here in Australia because skin cancer is such a prevalent issue, and so many GPs and skin cancer clinics need technology to help them manage that workflow better. So so that was that was my experience in the whole healthcare delivery side. So that's really then positioned myself in healthcare to what I do now. <laughs> wow, mate. What a Fabulous. Up. Yeah, I know. It's very cool. And I'm just thinking, you know, tax seduction, all that travel to Vancouver, like tick. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as an employee, this is, a, this is interesting. As an employee, all that time, you know, I'm working as an employee alongside founders in the, in the startup life. And I very much enjoyed that being the doer, as I was dubbed in both organizations, like internally, like the guy that does stuff. So then the founder might be like, oh, this, you know, this is what we're going to do. And you need that. You need the vision. But in terms of the execution side, I was, I was very active there. So now what I do though, it's still very much related to 
healthcare, obviously, but with talking health tech, it's my own little baby that's grown up to being this adolescent child that I'm I'm proud of. Uh, and it's a, a podcast and membership community about technology and healthcare. And, and that all really started because back in the, I actually, way back in the SOS days, so, you know, the, the first kind of gigs that I was talking about, I used to also host community radio shows about the underground Australian metal scene. And so I was a bit of a, a player in the Aussie metal wow. uh, I never scene. picked that. Well, that is, well uh, I'm starting to put the earrings back, back in now. Like that's, uh, mm. in, you know, wow. the, yeah, it's, and it's not a myth. I've been, so now I've got all my, like, you know, my, my angry person earrings in and looking cool again. But I, I thought it was my midlife crisis, but someone told me it's not a midlife crisis if you've already done it before. It's just, you know, going to your roots. <laughs> well, History repeating. So, and Chris would be so jealous because that is one of his things that he'd love to have been involved in, isn't it, Ray? He's got all these moves, he's got all these grooves. Hi, thanks for listening to Late Night FM. I'm playing smooth tunes in the 12 to 2 shift. On yeah, community radio for boy. <laughs> yeah, you got you got it, man, and that and that's oh, what. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I used to do that for like the my own show, and we did it with other people. But about the Australian metal scene, then we got kicked off the air because we had a band on that swore too much, and that's you definitely can't do that on um, community radio. But I was in my early twenties, and that was the lessons that you learn. Uh, then I, but I also did a lot of overnight shifts and sounded like Chris then on uh, FBI radio, <laughs> biggest uh, community radio station in the Southern Hemisphere. Did that for a while, and other ones like two ser, two triple r, um, and and other ones. So I used to do all this community radio stuff well before podcasting was a thing, and but then started to listen to podcasts more and more whilst working in the space. Tried to find some digital health ones as I'm working in the industry. Built up a good network. But I'm like, ah, oh, look, there's there's a couple of good podcasts around about digital health and health tech, but they're all in the US and the UK, and that's really interesting. But it's hard to then put that in context for what it means in Australia. Cause as we know, you know, when you're consuming content from outside of Australia, it's hard to go, well, what does that mean for us? So I thought, you know, I, I've got some good contacts in Medicare. I was well plugged into the MSIA, the Medical Software Industry Association. I'd just done a lot of stuff in healthcare and technology. I could pull together 10 or 20 episodes and see how we go. And it was well received by the industry. And it's just really grown from there. I'm just really curious to know from your perspectives, if you talk about some changes in healthcare technology pre and post COVID, what have you seen and what have you witnessed? Really good question. So when I started the podcast end of 2018, it was, you know, still very much pre COVID. And the, the whole reason behind creating one of the main reasons behind creating the podcast was to try and, uh, increase awareness to this space of tech in healthcare, because it always frustrated me a bit that in Australia, we're, we're very good at, inventing things or coming up with ideas and research but then in terms of us as a country in terms of supporting that innovation and investing in it whether it's through government programs but accelerators incubators other things that are that you know part of educational institutions just ways to be able to support those ideas and keep them in the country and help them grow because you know one thing that we're very good at in Australia is being a customer of other you know countries and but there's so much great talent here in Australia that we could be creating a lot more of it. And so I was thinking, well, what could a podcast do? And it's like, well, with each conversation, it can improve collaboration. And that was the whole catch cry from the start is about collaboration starts with a conversation. And that's what the podcast is about is that if, the, if a conversation with me and a guest on the podcast helps create another connection that can then build to a partnership or a program, then I, I feel like it's done a good thing. And so, you know, to your, to your question, Kim, the point around what's changed between like then to now, 
you know, we can talk about some of the technologies and, and the modalities and stuff, but generally the sentiment towards health tech and technology is that we've seen the application of telehealth and remote monitoring and all those things out of necessity and how quickly things can actually move in terms of government policy or whether it's Medicare changes. So, so out of necessity, those things change really quickly. So it gave us this quick glimpse into, it did accelerate things, but some of those things are starting to wind back and people are starting to talk about, oh, now that we're back to normal and stuff. So it's kind of like we've got this great opportunity now to keep that momentum going where we've had a taste for the like the potential that technology has to be able to improve healthcare, whether it's efficiency for clinicians or outcomes for patients. And nowadays, there's still a lot more work to do, but there are plenty of accelerators, incubators, programs, a lot more than just, you know, R&D tax rebates for startup companies to do some innovative stuff in the country. So we're seeing some progress and hopefully we've played like that little small part in, in helping progress that conversation. Thanks, Pete. And look, for me, I'm a listener of your podcast series as well. And with my practice management hat on, for me, it's the different lens that we're applying to the space that I'm working in. That mm. is actually what I really love about your podcast and other podcasts with, you know, sort of different perspectives as well, that it really does force you to think outside of your normal pattern of experience in, in your day-to-day activities. And it's really uh, exciting and, and innovative too, to sort of think about, well, you know, these technologies that I don't necessarily know too much about, what can I learn and how does that apply to what I'm doing now? How can I use some of these tools and techniques to make my life easier as a, a practice manager? And how do I stay on top of that? So that whole sort of notion of innovation, I think is just so important. And I'll, I'll bet, Chris, you've got plenty to say about that too. I was going to say, when I first came on an episode of Talking Health Tech, I think it was pre-100, Pete, I got the email saying, we would prefer you to be in Sydney for the recording so that the quality is of the level, you know, for the podcast. <laughs> uh, and then I think back at that now and I'm like, can you imagine traveling somewhere to record a podcast now? That's how much, you know, on a really, really lighthearted level, things have changed. But Pete, you know, do you have any like stories or any moments you've just seen the power of the podcast come into effect and what's what it's done? Sure. Look, I... And to, to Riff's point about listening to stories and perspectives from outside of your little bubble, I think that's what the podcast and what other podcasts do generally is we, when you think about health tech, people might think, oh, that's a rather niche kind of area to dive into. But then when you unpack it and look back at some of the nearly 300 episodes that we've done, you can break it into a lot of categories of so the software side of things, whether it's in primary care or hospital, and you've got the med tech side, so the devices, and is that more about the commercialization and the R&D and the IP protection piece, or is it about the, the manufacturing side? You've got all the biotech cool stuff, and the, which then bleeds into pharma a little bit more. You've got allied mental health and just the, that big pool that allied is and the, all the areas you can go into there. Dental, we've done a few episodes on that. And more recently, age care, disability. And so there is so much in healthcare and how that all ties together. But I think that the way that we do the podcast, we make it accessible and interesting for anyone to listen, even if they're not from that area. And I think that mm. by doing that, it allows you to listen to something that you can relate to, but then you might then pick up a few bits and pieces that you might not have otherwise heard because you wouldn't have gone to a med tech conference or you wouldn't have gone to say a startup conference if you're a hospital executive, but you get to hear some perspectives and be like, oh, that's interesting that that's 
how they would approach it. And if that starts, then the thought process and build something else, you know, it's not bottom of funnel stuff podcast. So it's not like, you know, you do a podcast and then expect a final outcome off the back of one conversation. It's very top of funnel in marketing talk of raise awareness and, and do that. And I think with a podcast to Chris's question about the power of it, you're literally in the ear of of people that you want to speak to or that might be interested in in hearing you and they choose to listen to it it's not it's not a pop-up that comes up on the screen and 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 forces them to to watch it people listen to a podcast for much longer than they would a video as well so there's and i could go on about the benefits of podcasting but it's it's oh, here to stay Lane, what i've found listening is that um it humanizes health tech yeah because you're actually hearing the founder or someone who believes in it or someone who was part of it that you don't get on like a marketing spiel or a press release or anything like that. It's, it's that um, the humanness of it all is, is what it comes back to a lot in health. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love about the podcast. Oh my, that is the person who created this talking about their passion. It's not reading marketing spiel. It's been through a copywriter or a LinkedIn post or anything like that. The human nature has been really, really powerful, I think. A bit of a bit of a spoiler alert for, or a bit of inside scoop into you know some of the conversations we've done, especially with very big organisations who might have appeared on the podcast at some point. You know they're, they're very used to in the industry of having you know presentations or uh, pre-prepared information, and so it's interesting preparing for a podcast interview with, say, a guest from a very large organisation where the initial expectation is they need to come in with a script or need to come in with well-prepared responses. But the, and so sometimes it's about, you know, disarming that, that guest a little bit and just saying, tell me about what you're going to talk about. And then they talk about what they're going to talk about. And it ends up being a really good conversation. So we sometimes record that, you know, thing before they actually even went through their, their spiel they were going to do. So you're right. Is that we're all, we're all humans. We want to hear conversations. And so, so this gives a great platform to do it. So Pete, what's next for Talking Health Tech? What's next? Jeez. You know, sometimes I, I, I wonder the same thing and like everyone in that, you know, early stage thing, sometimes it's a little bit fly by the seat of your pants, which is kind of how it's come to today because it's all grown based on need. So, you know, originally it was just the podcast where there'd be fortnightly episodes and then there was more and more guests. So we increased the number of episodes. Then we, what we did on our website, there was what I wanted to make sure is that we weren't losing all these valuable insights that were being gleaned from these great guests. We, had. You know, very early on, we had Graham Grieve, the father of fire and Tim Blake and uh, all these cool startups and well-established companies. So we started um, having conversations about the similar topics. So for example, fire, FHIR, which is the, the standard of interop- like the way that data moves around in an interoperable way. If you wanted to find multiple episodes about that topic, you can now go to our website and go to the glossary. We've got this neat little definition because there's so many acronyms in healthcare, right? So all the acronyms are there, but then you can see all the podcast episodes under it and all the companies that do something about this particular problem. So this glossary has become a beast in its own. We've got a content team with Talking Health Tech. Where they they sit there and they we write glossary terms based off podcast episodes we've done. So it's become this great resource, a free resource for anyone to go to and learn about the space. So we want to lean into that you know, and continue to build the podcast, the glossary, all these great free resources for anyone to get across. Then we've also got the the paid aspect to what we do with Talking Health Tech so that I can feed my three small children and live in a house. Uh, so <laughs> that is is great offering for companies and individuals to be able to connect and learn about technology and healthcare, come to some of our events and stuff. So we'll continue to grow the membership. But I think for us, it's just about 
continuing to listen to what the industry needs. And that's where we'll continue to move into. Yes, it's great. We could do in-person events now if we really wanted to, but we don't plan on doing big events. There's enough big events around and we're going to attend a lot of them and, and capture recordings at these, but I don't think we'll host our own big event as well. We might do some little catch-ups here and there for, for our members or for people interested in the space and just continue to really tell those great stories about what's happening in the health tech space, particularly in Australia. Now, Pete, a little birdie has told me about your new foray into the agricultural sector and doing some podcasting in that space. And we we won't sort of jump down that rabbit hole too much. What I want to ask you about is just that notion of using your skill and your expertise to actually pivot into new spaces and new environments, and particularly what our audience might actually learn from that approach of thinking. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, so it's so a bit of context. Around about the time that this episode comes out, the Talking Ag Tech podcast, which is like the sister podcast to Talking Health Tech, will, will come out. And it's hosted by me, and it's it's speaking with, uh, in a similar style to Talking Health Tech, but we're talking about technology and agriculture, so farming and and some of the, the cool applications of technology in the agriculture space. So what? why agriculture? I'm definitely not a farmer, and I don't come from that background. I'm not purporting to be an expert, but I'm really keen to explore. So this concept of not being the expert and being okay with exploring is advice I would give to anyone, and, and the way that you approach some of those conversations, because I think it can be when approaching a new industry or an area that you don't know about, you can sometimes feel like you have to do a lot of pre-reading beforehand so that you can talk the language just so you will be respected. And sometimes you do need to, you know, know the space that you're operating in and and understand that. But you don't need to know everything. And that's what's great about doing a podcast. If I can go in with an open mind and ask some of these founders of these like ag tech companies uh, or some of the policymakers or the investors into it about why they're doing what they're doing, what those challenges are. I, I'm happy to be the dumbest person in the room so that then people listening to the podcast can also learn about a topic that they might not have otherwise thought they they were interested in. But geez, for example, agriculture, it's such an important industry in Australia. It touches so many people, literally everyone. Into, if you eat food, it probably impacts you. But in terms of just the, the vastness of Australia and rural and remote, and the challenges and the way the parallels between health and agriculture is such a fascinating connection, but it deserves its own um, topic in its own right. And the ag tech scene in Australia has been really welcoming, at least with the people I've spoken to already. There's such some fascinating conversations. We've recorded a few of the episodes already. They start to be released in in a couple of weeks. So yeah, can't wait for that to to come out. Just have the right questions on the right day, Pete. Otherwise, you'll... um. Yeah, well, funnily enough, what I've learned is that I need to decide whether we're talking about farmer or farmer, P-H or F, uh, because <laughs> the uh, it, it can it can cross yeah. over and bleed. So. <laughs> no one wants big farmer in their tea room at lunchtime. Um, the wrong no. big farmer, yeah. 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 <laughs> Rock up with the John Deere tractor rather than the samples we needed for the sample cupboard. It's going to go real awkward. Yeah. Real yeah. quick. Get that right. Yeah, it's, it's, well, I'm hearing a healthy dose of curiosity in, in the way that you've pivoted and just applied the existing skill into new areas. And I guess, you know, we really do want to encourage our listeners to, to just apply that mindset, don't we, to uh, not be frightened, to turn around and have a look at what else is going on around you in terms of how they can improve your business, improve your performance in, in all sorts of ways. I think as well, it's okay to to approach it like, Someone described it to me once, or I heard it once of, 
it's like driving at night with headlights. So you, you can't see much further ahead than the, what the headlights light up for you. So you know generally whereabouts you're going, but you don't need to see all of it. As long as you can see enough in front of you about what you're, you're planning to do. And then once you've done that bit, then you can do the next. And that's kind of how the Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved because it's meeting one need after another. The same approach we'll take for ag tech. Do we have this big long-term vision? I can't really describe it to you in great detail. There's probably some kind of loose thing that we could put together, but you don't need that. Like Otherwise, if you're sitting there waiting to do something until you've got all the information, you're going to be sitting there for a long time. And I think everyone could learn from that, even myself. Like I'm not saying it as if I'm an expert in doing it, but something that I strive to do and hopefully that helps other people. It speaks of that notion of, um, you know, not letting perfection get in the way of uh, of good. And goodness gracious, have we not learned that lesson as we have embarked on our own podcasting journey over the last couple of months that really, you know, the only way to get better is to just simply uh, keep doing it and learn along the way. Absolutely. That's the best advice that I would give to anyone. And, and I love one particular mantra that we always speak to in coaching is you want to listen to learn, right? And I think podcasting really exemplifies that. You're walking along or you're on a treadmill, you're getting your exercise in, whatever it is that you're doing in the car. And, you know, you're learning just about things that you probably never would have even read about, right? Yeah. But I I love that you can learn from all of your guests and all of your collaborations and, you know, and build that community of, of rich knowledge. Yeah, that, that's that's such a good point. You know, we we did a listener survey a while ago with Talking Health Tech, and we asked people what they do while listening to the show, and it was only you know in the in the teens percent of people who might actually listen while sitting at their desk, and the rest of the time they're traveling or they're you know commuting, doing chores. Only one or two percent of people said they were trying to fall asleep while listening to our podcast, which is good. <laughs> uh, so, but you know, when, when people say, "Oh, I don't have time to listen to podcasts," it's kind of like, like I respect that. And some people, you know, only want to be doing one thing at a time. But there's, you know, in between doing things, it's like listening to the radio, right? But you get to choose exactly what it is, and you get to stop and fast forward and choose the topic. It's it's on great. the Bluetooth in my car. That is my podcast time. Is on the Bluetooth in my car. It takes about an episode to get to work and an episode to get home. So when you increase the frequency of the episodes, I was very excited for my for my commute. I just I just need to speak to the panel here for a minute. What speed do you listen to your podcast, Ruth? Uh, yeah, look, it varies between one and a quarter and one and a half. And depending on the cadence of the speaker, I have been known to bump it up to double speed. Yeah, me too. Right. Sometimes I'll go to double, but I'm, I'm sort of similar. What about you, Chris? I do double, but I know it's got me when I take it to one and a half. Uh-huh. Like, because I need, yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of like, mm, yeah, okay, I need to need to be more cognizant of this. But a lot of time too depends on the podcast. I am going to admit there are other podcasts, definitely not Talking Health Tech, that will put me to sleep. A good British <laughs> voice anytime in a podcast. Sure. <laughs> Ten yeah. minutes, I'm out. Some of them are designed to do that, but obviously yeah. there's, there's others that aren't. But I honestly don't speed up my podcasts when I listen to them. And I think it's because my brain can't keep up. <laughs> I think that's just, a, uh, and also I, I have a somewhat short attention span, but it's so if I speed it up too much, my brain just turns it into one brig, like mushy blur. But it's funny you say that because uh, my wife listens at two, you know, two times or two and a half if she can. And and that's just the way that she, she operates. Uh, I got some feedback recently on, on an episode that we only just released where, cause we always like to share it with a guest beforehand. 
And, you know, when I'm interviewing a guest, I'm thinking and talking at the same time. And I've been known to, people might say, hey, are you okay, Pete? And I was like, oh, no, I'm just thinking. You know, that I'm, <laughs> so, and they're like, something happened with the audio at this spot. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. That sounds weird. I'll, I'll have a listen. And it's me just thinking and talking. It sounded like, you know, when you're on a Zoom and it gets like really low yeah, bandwidth and buffering. they're like, so the, I'm like, oh, gee, I need to be mindful of that. So even after so many episodes, I get told to speed up my talking. But yeah, that's right, is that people speed it up themselves. So you don't want to, yeah, it's uh it's funny how people have their own little habits on how they listen to podcasts. It's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, what I've certainly noticed too with our own podcast, Chris, you're a fast talker, uh, KP, you're a fast talker, and I'm very aware that I tend to be a fast talker as well. So when I have listened to our episodes sped up, it does it. It does make my brain kind of do a, bit, a little bit of a backflip. But you know, there are other podcast presenters who do have a far more relaxed cadence about them, and I get quite anxious for my brain to sort of catch up with speed. And that's where I find that listening to it uh, at you know a time and a half or, or uh, perhaps even a little higher will just allow the speed to more closely match the way that my brain functions. So I think it actually tells you a lot about how your own thinking processes work mm -hmm. and your own processing speed. Goes back okay. to what we were saying before about how personal it is being in someone's ear. You're not just in their <laughs> ear, hey, you're in their brain because you're connecting. Like yeah. you literally just had a conversation about how our different brains react to that podcast and how we listen exactly. to it. Exactly. And on that point, you know, podcasting, to, to what you said, Riff, about, you know, if you're hosting a podcast, you need to think about how fast you're talking. You need to think about this, you need to think about that. And, and there'll be lots of people that say, here are a hundred things you need to think about when you're creating a podcast. If you tried to get all of those right before you actually created a podcast, you would never create a podcast. No. And so a lot of it, if I went back and listened to the first couple of episodes of Talking Health Tech, I still cringe and I listen to myself. I'm like, who are you <laughs> trying to be, Peter Birch? And and yeah. and that's and that's what, what everyone does. Sometimes uh, it's, you just need to get it done and get those first episodes out or first reports or first whatever you're doing, get those first bits out and learn from what you've done. Uh, and, you know, people ask me, how often should you release an episode or how long should they be? And my answer is always, however long or however, you know, frequent is uh, you're able to be consistent in doing that yourself, like whatever's manageable for you. And I think there's an opportunity for clinics to start a podcast. I think there's opportunities for, you know, individual clinicians to start a podcast because even though there's stats that say there's, you know, um, I forget the exact stat, but there's, let's say there's 4 million podcasts right now in the Apple podcast directory. You might think, oh, it's a crowded market, but only something like 25% of those podcasts actually have released anything in the past three months. So a lot of people might start a podcast and then go, oh, this is too hard. So if you do need help, there's plenty of free resources around. Talking Health Tech, we now do post-production services for quite a few podcasts. So there's more professional things you can do, but it's a great platform to speak to the people you want to speak to, potential customers, uh, existing customers, and, and also potential employees as well. So um, great platform to get across. And we're looping right back to recruitment and retention, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Story of general practice in 2022, yeah, recruitment and retention. Hey, Pete, thank you so much for, um, you know, coming back from behind the scenes, being centre stage today. I've loved hearing more about your story. You've been in my ears for a long time now. I feel <laughs> I know you a bit better, so hopefully our listeners, listeners do too. And thank you for taking us and shepherding us on the podcast journey. Um, so far. I remember we reached out to you probably 12 months ago when we first had this, this crazy little idea and uh, you humored us till we got to the point 
that we could make <laughs> it happen. And, and you've been a very important wealth of knowledge and guidance. So big thank you from, from us on the panel. It's great to be a part of it, Chris, Riff, KP. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. And let's, let's keep having fun. Let's do more. And uh, awesome. and thanks for making us sound better than we otherwise would have. <laughs> yeah. I've got three sisters who give me very honest feedback about how I sound. Don't you worry. They are onto it. <laughs> and uh, back to lurking in the background, Pete. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah, continue yeah. lurking now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Medicubes podcast. Make sure you subscribe via your favourite podcast listening app so you don't miss an episode. Medicubes is brought to you by Cubico, MediCoach and Medical Business Services with technical support from the awesome crew at Talking Health Tech. This podcast presents information of a general nature and we recommend that you obtain professional advice for your individual circumstances always. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions and suggestions for future topics on the show. Make sure you visit us via the Minicubes website, which you can access via the show notes of this episode. Also, if you're enjoying the show, write us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with someone who might get some value from it so we can continue to share these important messages with more people. Speak to you next time.